Welcome to Overheard at Chica's Cafe, and I am Chica, Sonia Iris Lozada. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Overheard at Chica's Cafe. And today I have a lovely person here. It's Jane Shaw, and she is a sound designer, and she's one of the founding members of TSDCA. Thank you so much for having me, Sonia. Okay, cool. Yeah. How did you get started in sound design? Because you and I work together and I don't know exactly how you ever got started. I don't know your history. Yeah. I don't think growing up, I even knew there was such a position as sound designer. Uh, I was interested in theater, but I'm not a performer. And so like I was in theater club in high school, but I, you know, I got my award was best attendance, I think, for the theater <laughs> club because it was sort of, you know, i I played in the, but I played in the pit orchestras for the musicals. And I really loved that. I, I played viola in the pit orchestra. So loved theater, but didn't see how it could be in my life. And then uh, I needed a place to stay after my freshman year of college. And I actually knew somebody through a, a church activity that had nothing to do with theater, even though I would say that church and theater have a lot of overlap. <laughs> but in that case, it didn't really have much to do with each other. We sort of cooked these big meals and had sort of uh, community events together. Anyway, she said, you can sleep on my couch, but I need you to press go on the cassette deck for the voiceovers in this play that I'm producing. So that was my first time sort of going backstage. And it really wasn't even backstage. It was because uh, I, I think there was might have only been me running the show. It was very, very low tech thing. And I sort of, anyway, didn't know that you should show up, you know, before the audience came in, there was a lot to learn on my on my end. But then once, you know, I was sort of interested. And once I got on that list as someone who would be interested in working, you know, you get sucked in and, and uh, sucked into other productions. So like that summer, then I started to work backstage on other on other things, but always sound for some reason, that was the thing that always drew me in that and uh, that I sort of got a little bit more experience in and, and I sort of slowly realized, oh, this overlaps with my love of music and it's not being a performer on stage, but you're definitely contributing to the overall effect of the show. Yeah, because you're a musician. What is your instrument again? So I guess piano is where I started, but viola through most of high school and college. Uh, and then now, unfortunately, viola has sort of fallen by the wayside. But uh, piano, I still, you know, I'm I'm here in a hotel and they, oh. let, they let me get a keyboard so I could keep my piano up both as a as a tool of composition for shows that I'm working on, but also because I'm, you know, continually working on piano pieces and stuff like that just for playing for myself. Now, uh, what are you working on right now that you're in a hotel and where are you? I'm in Milwaukee. I think it was negative five when I woke up oh. this morning. So I'm not sure I even want to know what it is in <laughs> the real Chica's Cafe, the <laughs> temperature there in California. But uh, so, yeah, I'm doing a production of Little Women mm -hmm. uh, and it's the play version uh, that Kate Hamill adapted from the novel by Louisa May Alcott. And it's we did it in Seattle. And then the, that same production is moving to Milwaukee Rep and we have our first performance well, first preview is tomorrow. Oh, cool. Yeah, because uh, regarding the weather, I said, Dad, I want to come and see you. He goes, not now, because <laughs> he's in Chicago. And he's in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. getting it too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's even cold here. It's like 42. I mean, for LA, oh, that's cold. Uh, 
feeling for you. <laughs> yeah, no, but that is cold for LA. Yeah, totally. It's a different, yeah. Yeah, yeah different unless, you in, unless you live in the mountains and then people have to go dig you out when it snows. Yeah, yeah, you can. That happened it. last year. People Once. had to get dug out, you know, of uh, the snow. So where are you off to after this? I mean, it's exciting for people that don't know. And me, myself, because I don't exactly know what sound design entails. Let's say someone says, I want you to sound design little women. Where does that start? I mean, I don't even know where that starts. Yeah. Well, in that case, you both want to look at the book because it's an adaptation, but also at the play. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it starts with reading the, it starts with reading the play. But I, I have to say at the same time, it also starts with understanding the group that you're walking into, the director, you know, if they're new people to you. The, in this case, I think actually pretty much everybody but the lighting designer was a new, oh, that's not true. The set designer and I had almost worked on a show together, you know, sort of understanding that and like where it's going to, what kind of theater, both whether it's going to, you know, be immersive or it's a proscenium type show or site specific or what the kind of situation is. But really starting from reading the play, right? And just like your response to it and where and how music or sound might work to develop the story, both things that have to happen, like in this piece, somebody on stage plays a cup, there are a couple of different instruments that people play. So that's sort of like a pragmatic, like what's that gonna be that's needed in the story mm -hmm. that's called for. And then there's in terms of setting location, whether you're inside or you're outside in terms of setting the emotional journey of the of the play um, and how we move in this case, we have a lot of different scenes. So how do we sort of pass the baton to the next scene as either people are exiting or entering or furniture is moving or locations are being set. So that's sort of, you know, but once you've read the play and you've had those early conversations with the director, then you start to form a sense of how the play is gonna come together. And then I tend to try and visit rehearsal, especially if I don't know the people, mm -hmm. you know, to sort of get a sense of what it's what's developing in that room before we ever get into the theater to put up, put everything together. Yeah, because I went and saw the one that you did at the Geffen and I forgot the name right. of the play. The Engagement Party. The Engagement Party. And since I knew you were doing it, I was you did it. I like kept listening for sound. <laughs> I know <laughs> what kind of because they had a. I love the turning of the stage. That was very cool. Yeah, I love and that it too. just flowed. To me, mm -hmm. if you start noticing the sound and then it's not good. To me, it should just flow where it just is one piece. Yeah, and it, yeah, and and it just flowed. Even though when the stage was turning, it's just everything was so clear. Now, in sound design, does that include the person speaking? Uh, yes, uh, yes, and no. So there's like you're definitely that's part of the soundscape is the voice of the actor. Mm -hmm. So, but there are definitely in terms of just the basic acoustics, you know, there are various people that can help with that in terms of vocal coaches to help actors, you know, work on their diction and sending the voice out and, you know, knowing how they can be intimate, but get that project. feeling to the last row, but project, right? Project yeah. to the last row in the house. That being said, the theater here uh, has sort of decided, the theater in Milwaukee, mm -hmm. um, Mike's everybody. And so, you know, then it's, then it is about sort of handling how that supported sound is sent out. And the same was true with the Geffen. Everybody was mic'd in that production. Yeah, um, I would think And so. I do think that's kind of where we're, you know, and they're not music. And just to be clear, these pieces are not musicals. So they're, they're miking people who are in straight plays in, 
So they may be sometimes talking over music, but they may sometimes just be having, you know, a normal theme. One of the things I notice, and I guess because my hearing is tuned well, and I blame my friend Gary Coppola, may he rest in peace. He was a sound mixer for films. And I would go and visit him and he would point out things that you look for. And now it's like when I edit my podcast, I'm so freaking picky. I go, damn you, Gary. Because I I find every little nuance. I go, I don't like that. How can I edit that out? Or, you know, how can I lower it? But I think it's wise because to mic people, because then the levels are, you could control them more. Because I've I've done plays and musicals and some actors project more than others. And then it was like. It's tricky though, because you're only, you only can amplify what the actor gives you. Right. So you may have a play which that often happens where you have one actor that just they can come out and they can really send to the back row without sort of seemingly any effort. And then another person, it just feels like they're always a little bit back. They're always a little bit retreating. Somehow the sound's sort of retreating from you a little bit. Yeah. But the mic just amplifies that. So it becomes, so it's all, that's also different. So it's, it, it still behooves us to figure out how to make the ensemble sort of live in the same world. You know, to have somebody having sort of a TV like whispered scene with the other person who's like clearly sending out is sort of odd anyway, whether it's amplified or not. Uh, so yeah. there's a little bit of going back and forth on that. Yeah, it's a challenge. And it's uh, I mean, I think we, we want people to hear the plays. So yeah. yeah. And um, the reason I ask is because I sang for a long time. And if you're the lead singer, you were amped up higher than the background singers. The sure. backup singers. So that's what I thought maybe was happening in theater as well. For those that project, you lower it more than, but it's the same thing. You're just amplifying what's there. Yeah, somewhat. And yeah, it's f- figuring out how to make a balance without making it feel like they're in two different worlds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because you could say, well, they're whispering, but it sounds like it's magnified. Yeah. It's really yeah. in my ear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where were you? Because you work a lot. You're constantly. I sure hope working. so. so yeah. I'm trying to make a living. <laughs> Knock on wood, right? Because right, every exactly. time I talk to you, you're like somewhere, you're working uh, somewhere. And I'm I'm sorry I missed you here. I didn't know. Oh, that but you that's my here. fault too. I thought you were here for the run of it. See, that's right, how much right, I right. don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of, they're usually visits around two weeks, somewhere in that range, depending okay. on the show. Yeah. So how do you book a job? Do you have an agent or do people just contact you directly? I do have an agent. And so sometimes the offers come in through him mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes they come to me. It really is somewhat, unfortunately, so much of this business is about who you know. No, There are people that you work with and you have a good relationship and they reach out to you again. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But for the, the the offers that come from someone you don't know, you know, sometimes it's interesting to be like, well, I think they got my name from that production manager that I worked with 10 years ago who yeah. thought I was okay. And, you know, like that you sort of piece it together, but it does mean you never know who might put your name in. So it's yeah. good to like maintain a pretty good relationship uh, it's with everyone. so true. It's so true because yeah. what I've been doing also is like for my other podcast, I'm, I'm doing just literary so I'm contacting the people I know in the literary world to refer me to somebody. With this one, it's just friends. It's people I know. Nice. And because I have so many talented people that I know. 
And how cool if the world would know about them because entertainment is not just acting. There's so many facets to it and people want to know about it. They want to know, nice. you know, I, I, want, I was thinking of being a sound designer. What does it take? Maybe I'll listen to a couple podcasts on it. So that kind of thing. Now, what personally do you like to do? Who is Jane Shaw? What do I like to do? When you're not uh, working. <laughs> I'm not working. I will say the, um, you know, because the pandemic sort of yeah taught us a little bit about that, I think, in some ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, picking up piano for myself, not for working on a show, was I didn't expect that to work. I was like, there's no way that taking piano lessons on Zoom is going to work. I mean, it'll keep me practicing because I want to do well for the teacher, but I, how can he hear anything? How could he comment? And it was fantastic. So I've kept going. In fact, I had a piano lesson this morning. So even though I'm in in Milwaukee and uh, the piano teacher's in Brooklyn, I can still over Zoom. And, you know, again, over Zoom, he's totally great at, you know, picking things out for me to work on. And and I really like it. And I uh, it doesn't absolutely inform my work, but it is a release and a real escape for me because yeah. I, you know, there's no part of me that ever wants to perform this in public. But um <laughs> you know, I, I get so much out of it. So that's something I would like to do. I will say yesterday, this is the first time yesterday, the lighting designer here took me with her when uh, to bouldering, like where you climb walls, which I've never oh, done before. Either. But what was it? Which was initially very like, like literally on the wall, I put up one hand and another hand and I put up one foot. And then I was like, I'm not, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't put up my second foot. So but then I saw liter- a baby, like a three to four year old child being helped up one of the walls. And I was like, okay, all right, Jane, you can do this. <laughs> so I guess not, I mean, I hope to do it again. I'm not sure it's going to be like my passion going forward, but it was really cool to try something new and to explore a different community. Because actually there's a real community in that bouldering gym. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of fathers, daughters, which was really mm-hmm. cool. Like big old gruff guys and then little tiny cute girls. Yeah, I think that's so sweet. I love seeing dads with their daughters because in the old days, fathers were not allowed to hang out with their daughters. Yeah, it wasn't so, wasn't so cool. And they were pushing, you know, they're different relationships, obviously, but they, you know, they're pushing their children to do, to go for it. I mean, they're safe. Everybody's clipped in and all that. Anyway, not something that I normally, until yesterday, I would never have said was something that I was interested in doing. But I think what I am interested in is, is like exploring those different communities. Uh And so that's always been something that happens as you're working on a play, you're like exploring a different community, like way of living, could be a country, could be a time period, you know, and I'm sort of interested in that, even, you know, separate of working on plays. Yeah, I've been wanting to try one of those rooms where you have to figure out all the clues to get out. Have you done that? Yeah, I have How do you not. Like- I have not. Oh. I have thought about it several times, but uh, no, I have not. You let me know how it goes for you. If you yeah, can. I've been wanting to really try that because I'm good at clues. Oh, yeah. And I so I want. Great. I want to see. I want to test myself there. How good am I at clues? You know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because I like nice. puzzle games and I like clues and I like trying to figure out clues. That's a total time waster, but it also takes you out of your head for a while. Well, yeah, actually, it okay. puts you on your head, but it takes you out of your regular work and the routine of your life. 
Yeah. I do that when I go to the grocery store because I'm a creature of habit. I make sure I buy one thing I've never had before. Oh, smart. Every time I go, just just one thing I've never had before. Oh, that's very smart. That's yeah, very that, smart. I always buy exactly the same thing. Me so too. To that that's why it's one thing. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll go through the store and I'll look at something that calls my attention. And I'll pull it. I'm like, hmm, I've never had this before. Let me try it. Most of the time, it's been really good because I read all the ingredients. One time, I would never buy it again. It was that oh, no. soy bologna. I did not oh, like it. I don't like okay. I don't like fake meats. I don't even really like meats that much, but I really don't like fake ones. Right. <laughs> the only one I can tolerate is like soy chorizo. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's really good and it doesn't have all that fat. So nice. nice. Yeah. But that's one of the things that, you know, on our free time, what do we do? I mean, yeah. You know, I'm also, I'm also, uh, I love gardening. That's also been a big relief, but I'm not very Me good. Too. I will say, oh, but you're good. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I, I go to YouTube. <laughs> oh, uh huh. I bought organic bananas because you could take the skin and boil it and have banana peel tea and it's loaded with nutrients. Oh, you can wow. also take the same thing. And we always have, I don't know, do you drink coffee? Yeah. Okay. Me too. I'm a big coffee drinker, but I only drink it once a day. And I take those coffee grounds, throw them in there, throw the eggshells, throw the banana, boil it. And then that becomes an incredible plant food. Oh, neat. Okay, great. I knew the coffee grounds could do things, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I've been doing that and feeding my plants because it's supposed to make it bushier. The ones on the inside are doing well. The ones on the outside are doing, it's been cold. Right, and right, right. They don't do yeah. so well in the cold. So tell me, what's your next thing that you're going to be What's doing? My next thing? Uh, so the next thing is I'm doing a view from the bridge out at Long Wharf Theater, which is a theater in New Haven, Connecticut. But it's actually a theater that it's a really interesting story that I think for theater people, we want to keep an eye on. As theaters were having trouble these last few years, the pandemic and all that, mm -hmm. um, they decided to let go their space. Mm -hmm. And now they are doing pieces in various locations. So they did, they just, I think, finished a run of a piece that was in various people's homes mm -hmm. with a very, very well-known actress. Wow. Um, but, but then this one that I'm working on is going to be at a boathouse. Oh, that's cool. Um, I think it's really cool. And I used to row crew when I was in college. So I'm looking forward to being back in a boathouse. I think it will be cold. Yes. That's the first thing have... I thought of. <laughs> I know. I know. And they want to do stuff where the scenes that are out on the street in the play are outside on this sort of balcony. So I, we're going to, you know, we'll see how the weather does. Mm -hmm. uh, we also, and then that's a case where miking the people that that's one of the biggest challenges with that production is that they want to have people outside, you know, doing lines from the play. So how do we reinforce that? It's also not really a situation where I can mic everybody. And I don't think we necessarily want to, but anyway, that'll be a big challenge for that to figure out how we can pick up the voices that are outside and bring them inside outside of course there's wind and rain and there are trains you're, you're sort of near a train track and you know so there's lots of other stuff going on too being in a site specific space is the biggest one of the biggest challenges of that play but it um, sounds so great cool play, i know i think it'll be fun oh my god i mean doing it outdoors is like it's, it's um it's almost like in its natural habitat 
I know it, but it's also, you know, ports in the fifties versus ports nowadays are so different. Like oh there's my God, so like much more day. noise. Yeah, exactly. So it is, but it's sort of like in a memory of what, I mean, I don't mean that's what the play is trying to do. I'm just saying that us sitting, looking at industrial stuff, you know, there, you're not going to see big ships certainly out there but you definitely see industrial stuff in that sort of new haven harbor ish mm -hmm. but it's not going to have the noise that characters in the play would normally have heard so we're going to maybe we're going to try and add that are we going to sort of mix it with what's already there like we're still figuring out exactly what that you is you know what just came to my mind it's like giving everybody in the audience a headset I mean, that would solve some problems, I will say. That, yeah, that, what you know, they just have to be connected to what everything else. I mean, that sounds like a bigger production. But I just saw everybody with headsets. I go, oh, that would be good. That would have yeah. really helped with a lot of the extra noise. It really would. I mean, the funny thing is that in that case, it's like, would they put the headsets on just when the people went outside? Because the actual room is pretty intimate that, oh, that, the, that the audience is sitting in. But I know I absolutely that would be a different way to do the play, but it might be very cool. Yeah, I, I like when uh, people get very innovative and they had to get innovative during the pandemic. I have a yeah. friend of mine that's the artistic director of a pretty prominent theater and they they rent the spaces. They don't even have yeah. an office space because it's like, why do we have an office space? Everybody's working remotely. Exactly. I mean, it's tricky because it's, I do think we want the places to survive. So however mm -hmm. they figure that out is great. And let's support them in that. That being said, when you're not in the same place all the time, you know, you might not have those casual conversations about, oh, hey, listen, had you thought about like, maybe we need to get the fire marshal from New Haven involved in whether or not we can have that door open, you know? Yeah. You know, it's it's another step to send an email or a text or whatever and it's maybe not as easy, but I think, you know, they're they're figuring it out and I certainly hope this theater company does well cuz it's an interesting group of people. It is. What they do, what my friend does is when they have a production, they rent a theater. Right. Instead of right, only exactly. one. They go to wherever if it's the readings or whatever they're going to do. You know. Yeah. I mean, what's lovely about that is that hopefully it activates different parts of the community, you know, in yes. terms of coming like the audience, like expands the audience a bit so that, mm -hmm. you know, and it's always fun. I mean, it's always fun to see a different part of your hometown or a play. You know, I find that with New York, like I love to sometimes I'll go to a show. Don't tell anybody, but not necessarily because I want to see the show, but because like, Ooh, <laughs> I've never been, you know, I just went to one recently where I was like, wait a minute, there's a theater on 86th street on the way. Oh, okay. I want to go see that. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's just to see a different part of your world, you know? So yeah, that is good. That's a good part of this. I studied Shakespeare and we have theater that's only in the summer, but it's in like Topanga Canyon oh. and they have outdoor Shakespeare plays. That's what I like about theater. Now my friend thought, oh my God, theater's dying. I go, no, it's just changing. Theater's yeah, not exactly. going to die. Theater has been around for thousands of years. It isn't going to die. Right. It's just going right. to change. What would you say to someone that wants to be a sound designer? So I think there are sort of a couple of different ways into it. You can have mm -hmm. the person that's more interested in like the, in the reinforcement or amplification, the sort of, I want to work on musicals. I want to work on microphones. I want to, 
deal with the like leading edge of technology that can be more of sort of a you know find excitement in that world and then there's the people that are going to get more excited about music and developing their uh, composition techniques or their talent as a musician and hopefully both groups of people are interested in t- storytelling mm-hmm. you know there's just as much des- there's just as many design choices involved in those technical choices for a musical how we're reinforcing the the musicians in the pit or the actors etc you know as there are for for a straight play so if somebody's coming into it though i still think if you have an instrument it's good to keep it up mm-hmm. you know it's good to like have that part of you kind of whether or not you're going to like i'm never going to be a you know piano performer for anybody but it helps me both in my composition skills Mm-hmm. But it also helps me understand what it's like to be a, a performer. Basic things to understand why it's important that the seat is right and why if you're playing guitar, you don't want a chair with arms. You know, the basic things, but it makes it more natural. You can be part of that, the music department more easily. So I would say instruments, music, you know, keeping that alive in your life is really good. And then knowing that they're like so many different ways, so many different places that, you know, if you're going to go sort of apprentice yourself to someone who's a sound designer to look at it in a couple of different places, you know, both in your local theater, you know, follow somebody around. Listen, we like to talk. We love for people (laughs) if they're interested, you know, so go see if you can like follow somebody around for an afternoon or for, you know, a a day, ask them when is good for them. Cause there are definitely high pressure times where it's a little harder Mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, bring in a young person, but See if you can shadow them or watch a tech or whatever. And if that doesn't interest you, maybe then go watch a, a music, you know, in a music venue, like a tech of a music show. There's many different ways that the sound design skills can be incorporated into, into your life. So sort of getting a wide variety of tastes, I think, early would be good and be nice to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> because you never you know never where know. that job's going to come from. I mean, from. Yeah. I've gotten referred to acting jobs by a friend of a friend. And I'm like, oh, okay, can you be in Vegas? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> right, 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 right. You yeah, know, yeah, so you never know. I had a job like that. They just offered it to me. And so I had to go to Vegas like the next day. Now, in closing, do you want to tell people a little bit about, because we have a few minutes left, about TSDCA and how that got started? Right, right, right. You know, we tend to work by ourselves, or a lot of us do. There are some people that are lucky enough to work in groups, but a lot of times we're working by ourselves. So this is a group of theatrical sound designers and composers who made an association. Um, It was uh, in response uh, to the Tony being taken away from sound design. We do have it back Mm -hmm. just to, you know, I don't know, jump to the (laughs) ending. It's okay. It all worked out. (laughs) But I think when that happened a lot of us were sort of by ourselves and like whether or not we thought we'd ever get it, Tony, it was just profound mark of disrespect. And it was sort of ostracizing by the rest of the industry. We felt, I think Mm -hmm. some of us felt. And so we got together to talk about it. And then suddenly it was like, Hey, it's really nice to talk about all these things uh, with people who do my job, but just in different, in different theaters in different parts of the, of the country. So it quickly became, oh, maybe we want to have an association. There's all there had already been an association in the United Kingdom. So we there was one to sort of 
pattern ourselves on a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just be, it was so clear, really, from the first moment that, oh, it would be nice to get together and talk, you know, of course, we have different opinions and ways of doing things and all that kind of stuff. But to share stories and for community and to bring up maybe have a place for people newer to the profession to get access to materials. So it's not just about who you know, you can, you know, learn from people just because there are other members of the association and they teach classes or, or what have you. So yeah, so I think it that's how it sort of started was that small group responding to that Mm -hmm. uh, pretty painful moment. But then it quickly grew. We did a lot during the pandemic. Um, I think that was also a moment where like for several people, it was like, nice to have a group we could go talk to about this world that suddenly had changed and our jobs had melted away and we didn't. And then suddenly everybody was doing Zoom theater or podcasts or whatever. (laughs) So learning new skills that related to our old ones, but, you know, definitely had different aspects. And um, so I, but helpful then too. So I I think it's a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that annual event you have. I was privy to go to the one in Chicago at the Sure offices. Right, 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 right. And that was, I mean, I was just impressed by the people that came to talk. What a great event that was. Yeah, that was fun. Is there anything else you want to say in closing? I think whether or not you want to be a sound designer or a composer, uh, I just think that music and sound is really powerful in our in our lives. So, yes. you know, just as Sonia was talking about, like you were talking about like the one new thing at the grocery store, uh-huh. like take a moment in our lives to sort of listen to what's going on around us, you know, to be aware of like, how does, how does Milwaukee sound when it's minus five out as opposed <laughs> to, you know, some kind of reasonable temperature, mm-hmm. because there's a difference in the way that the crunch of the snow and the, the way that you hear things is different. So how does that that can, these are things that can really, you know, and then also like when you're listening to podcasts and there's that music that creeps in, like, how is that changing the story that I'm taking in? Be it news, you know, about the election or whatever, you know, how is that changing how I'm taking that information in? So just to be aware of music and sound and enjoy it, it really enriches our lives. It really does. Thank you so much for being on the show. I greatly appreciate you and you are lovely and I'm so glad you let us into your life right now. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Overheard at Chica's Cafe. You can find us on Spotify and other podcast platforms. Visit us at overheardatchicascafe.com and on our Facebook page at Overheard Chica. This is where all friends meet.